Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Detritus, it's a word that we hear a lot. And one of the definitions we have is detritus is dead particulate organic matter. It typically includes the bodies or fragments of dead organisms as well as fecal material. Detritus is typically colonized by communities of microorganisms which act to decompose or remineralize the material. That source was uh, the Aquarium Wiki, one of my favorite little uh, sources for definitions of, of aquarium-related words on the internet. Now, Whoa, that doesn't sound so good, does it? That's a weird definition. And it's most one of the most commonly used aquarium terms and one which, well, quite frankly, sends shivers down the spine of many aquarium hobbyists. And judging from that definition, it sounds like something you absolutely want to avoid having in your system at all costs. I mean, dead organisms and fecal material is not everybody's idea of a good time, you know? Literally, shit in your tank accumulating. So, like... Why would anybody want this to linger, or worse yet, accumulate in your aquarium? Yet, when you really think about it and brush off the initial shock value, the fact is that detritus is an important part of the aquatic ecosystem, providing fuel for microorganisms and fungi at the base of the food chain in aquatic environments. In fact, in natural blackwater aquatic systems, the food inputs into the water are channeled by decomposers, like fungi, which act upon leaves and other organic materials in the water to break them down. And the leaf litter community of fishes, insects, fungi, and microorganisms is really important to these environments as well, as it helps assimilate terrestrial material into the blackwater aquatic system and acts to reduce the loss of nutrients to the forest, which would otherwise inevitably occur if all this material which fell into the streams was simply washed downstream by, you know, currents and so forth. Now, it sounds all well and good and, well, quite grandiose, but what are the implications of these processes, or the resultant detritus for that matter, in the closed aquarium system? Well, in years past, aquarists who favored, I don't know, sterile-looking aquariums would have been horrified to see this stuff accumulated on the bottom or among the hardscape. And upon discovering it in our tanks, it would have taken nanoseconds to lunge for the siphon hose and get this stuff out of the water ASAP. Now, in our world, the reality is that we embrace this stuff for what it is, a rich, diverse, and beneficial part of our microcosm. It provides foraging, aquatic plant mulch, if you will, supplemental food production, a place for fry to shelter, and it's a vital, fascinating part of the aquatic environment. It's certainly a new way of thinking when we espouse not only accepting the presence of this stuff in our tanks, but actually encouraging it and replacing it and rejoicing, you know, in it in its presence. Now, now why? Well, because we're not thinking, wow, this is an excuse for keeping our tank dirty or whatever or lax maintenance. No, no. We rejoice because our little closed microcosms are mimicking exactly what happens in the natural aquatic environments that we strive so hard to replicate. Granted, in a closed system, you have to pay greater attention to water quality, but accepting decomposing leaves and botanicals as a dynamic part of a living closed ecosystem 
is embracing the very processes that we've tried to nurture for many, many years. Now, I'm bringing this up for the one millionth time here on the tent because, well, quite frankly, we get a lot of questions about this from people. Is it okay to have this stuff accumulating in my system? What are the long-term implications of it? It doesn't look good or it, it looks okay, but I'm worried about the water chemistry or whatever. And fortunately or unfortunately, there's a lot of new people in this world and a lot of these people have decided to become influencers or disseminators of information on the botanical method aquarium, which you know, is, is good, but a lot of these people are regurgitating information or pulling things from other disciplines within the hobby and aren't so experienced with botanical method aquariums and are spreading some misinformation. We need to clarify what we mean when we talk about detritus and breakdown and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, sure, it's a very different aesthetic than what we've been indoctrinated to appreciate over the years. You know, brown water, leaves, stringy algae films, bits of fungal you know, mass, botanical debris, we may not want to have an entire bottom filled with the stuff in our tanks, or maybe we might. But think about this again. Not only is this not considered an aesthetic affront or part of the aesthetic, it's a natural functional part of what we do. And much of this material is not only already broken down or rendered essentially inert by beneficial bacteria and microorganisms, which live in the little matrix, it's processed into more easily assimilated forms for other aquatic animals. Don't believe me, check your water parameters if, if there's a problem. Are you seeing surging nitrate levels? Do you have any detectable ammonia or nitrite, the, the true things to be afraid of? And are the fishes healthy, relaxed, and active? If the answer to the first two questions is no and the last is yes, and I suspect that it will be in a well-managed system, then perhaps it's time to enjoy what's happening in your aquarium. If you're having issues with ammonia and nitrite, you have more problems than just some detritus, in my opinion. If you have some significant accumulations of nitrate, it's important to review the husbandry processes that you employ. I know from personal experience in both freshwater and reef and coral propagation systems that you can have significant quantities of detritus sort of in play in your system without deteriorated water quality. Indeed, the life forms within it, and corals, plants, etc., need some of this stuff. It's a balance, like everything else we do in our aquariums. I know it sounds a bit like a cop-out or one of those like broad stroke definitions, but it's reality. To accept and understand that the aesthetic of a heavily botanical-influenced aquarium is simply different than what we've come to perceive as acceptable in the general aquarium sense is important. To understand that the way these tanks operate is fundamentally different and embrace different processes, processes that we've interrupted for years with arduous with arduous or excessive maintenance it, this is not for everyone it's not something that we're used to seeing however the feedback we've been getting from you our customers our community regarding the systems that you've set up in this fashion is that they've created an entirely new perception and a new understanding of how a freshwater aquarium works they've enabled us all to try a completely different aesthetic experience to understand processes that occur in nature which are of great benefit to the fishes that we keep. Attempting to keep our tanks essentially sterile is an almost futile and ultimately detrimental practice in my opinion. The idea of creating unnaturally clean conditions likely results in some microorganisms struggling to find food. Now, our aquariums are not absolutely natural open systems, I'll give you that. However, embracing some natural processes and you know, emulating functions of wild ecosystems might be a key unlock in order for certain organisms to survive and thrive long term. Detritus, mulm, whatever you want to call it, serves as a food source. 
and a food processing or producing source for fishes and other aquatic organisms which live in our tanks. And yeah, detritus is found in gut content analysis of many, many fishes. If you go on Fishbase or peruse scientific papers like I like to do, you'll see this. Here's a charming little passage I found with a rather comprehensive description of the gut contents from one of our favorite fishes, the Cardinal Tetra. And I quote, The stomach content was categorized as detritus when it was found in sufficient quantities within the proper stomach so that the conclusion of detritus feeding appeared as a realistic proposition. The hindgut, filled with the digested material, practically always contained particles that could be listed as detritus. In addition, small quantities of detritus particles remain from prey guts and or enter the stomach when the fish are browsing for small prey over the surface of plants, litter, and woods. So it's everywhere. It's, it's food. Detritus is important. It's beneficial. So yeah, use common sense when you're stocking, feeding, and maintaining your aquarium. However, I think stressing a bit less about keeping our aquariums completely spotless and sterile is a really good step to take. I think so, really. And consider this, the detritus that we're convincing you to embrace in your aquarium is not uneaten food or excesses of fish feces. It's broken down botanical materials and their associated components and biological uh, cohorts, stuff like that. The result of biological processes of decomposition and bacterial colonization and assimilation, not the result of poor fundamental aquarium husbandry. We should all know that uneaten food and fish poop accumulated in a closed system can be problematic if overall husbandry issues are not attended to. We should all know that it can be, you know, can decompose, overwhelm the biological filtration capacity of the tank if left unchecked, and that can lead to a smelly, dirty-looking system with diminished water quality. I know that, you know that, in fact, pretty much everyone in the hobby knows that. Yet, as a hobby, we've really sort of heaped detritus into this catch-all descriptor, which is has an overall bad connotation to it. Like anything that's allowed to break down in the tank and accumulate is bad. Anything that looks like dirt is, well, dirty, dangerous, and should be treated accordingly. Now, dirty looking and dangerous are two very different things, right? Do natural habitats, natural aquatic habitats look dangerous to the forms which reside in them? When you see that stuff, do they look dangerous? I don't think so. Now, it's uneaten food that you're seeing if it's uneaten food that you're seeing accumulate in excess then you need to figure out a more accurate feeding approach same with fish waste at the very least you need better circulation and mechanical filtration within your system and of course you need to address why it is you have so much uneaten food accumulated in your system what are you doing in botanical method aquariums however if most of what's accumulating in your mechanical filter media and on the substrate, etc., is just broken up, decomposing bits of botanicals and maybe some associated uh, biofilms and so forth, I'd have little concern. That's what happens to terrestrial materials in an aquatic environment. It's normal for these types of aquariums. As we've discussed ad infinitum or ad nauseum here, various organisms like fungi, etc., work to break down these materials and begin the decomposition process. It's part of the natural operating system of the botanical method aquarium. Nature, however, can be a rough place. The natural aquatic world doesn't take lightly to those who seek to edit it, parse it, or circumvent it. It's true. It's absolutely true. It's something that we need to think about here. We know this because when we try to beat the system by skipping a step, wishing things away, or ignoring nature's rules, bad outcomes usually follow. But here's the thing. 
Even if you do cheat, you do siphon away all the detritus and make your tank sterile. Even when we take a shortcut and even when we fly in nature's face after the ass kicking she'll give us, she's got our back. For example, when you aggressively siphon your sand, interrupting the process by removing the bulk of the detritus, the biofilms or other organics, not to mention the organisms which utilize them, there might be some consequences like a temporary ammonia or even a nitrite spike. That's bad, right? Well, yeah, it is. However, after the spike, after nature kicks your ass, if you're patient, keep feeding your tank and don't do anything more stupid like adding more fishes or whatever, your tank will recover. Beneficial bacteria and microorganism populations will reestablish themselves. Our aquariums are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for. The passage of time and a hands-off approach to this recovery is crucial. Nature is oddly forgiving in this regard. We simply have to give her the opportunity to continue on, as she has for eons without our continued interference. As we've mentioned repeatedly, nature does her thing regardless of what we think. Algal blooms appear because the conditions favoring their growth, light and nutrient loads favor their establishment and growth, and they'll continue to do so as long as these factors remain in play. If we back off the light and continue regular nutrient export processes, at some point the algae boom will fade into a more tolerable or manageable level. Now sure, some of nature's processes require us to make mental shifts in order to accommodate, like detritus, biofilms, fungal growth. As objectionable uh, in, in appearance, though they may be to us as aquarists, to some of us, they perform vital functions in nature and in the aquarium. They're not only normal, they're beneficial. They're something that we've been indoctrinated to loathe, to fear. Why? Largely because they look, I don't know, yucky, because they tear at our aesthetic sensibilities. They go against everything that we've been told is healthy. When the reality is that the appearance of these life forms is your confirmation from nature that everything is functioning as it should. We can benefit enormously as a chorus by embracing nature in its most unedited literal form. And that's something that we understand is not appealing to everyone. And sort of sticking it in everyone's face and suggesting that a truly natural aquarium requires the acceptance of very polarizing aesthetics certainly can turn off some people. I do get it. However, I see little downward to, you know, downside to studying nature as it is. It's very important, in my humble opinion, to at least have a cursory understanding of how these habitats have come to be, what function they perform for the Piscine inhabitants that reside there, and why they look the way they do. Even if you simply despise the types of aquariums we love here. Oh, and detritus? Learn to understand it, to appreciate it, and yeah, to embrace it as a, a partner in your quest to create and maintain healthier natural aquatic ecosystems. Stay patient, stay observant, stay bold, stay grounded, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.